0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio where we discuss business and politics, culture, and local or world issues. I'm your host, Donya Keating, live from Seattle area at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on a beautiful sunny afternoon here. Listeners, uh, you can dial in to talk to us on the air at 646-378-0261. Again, that's 646. 646- Three seven eight zero two six one, or fire up the chat, and we'll do our best to include your questions or comments from there. Um, this afternoon, Larry Capola is our guest. He's president and CEO of Wet Apple Media, and he's also the former mayor of Port Orchard. So this afternoon he's going to share some of his thoughts about the case between the county and Kitsap Rifle and Revolver Club. So we'll see what he has to say about that, and then we'll kind of roll from there. Good afternoon, Larry. Are you out there?
1: yeah hi how are you Oh, i'm great how are you i'm doing fine on a beautiful sunny afternoon
0: can't complain about that so i tell you what why don't we start with a brief bio about yourself just
1: give us a sketch okay sure i started out as a child <laughs> that was a joke yeah <laughs> i i grew up in fort lauderdale florida uh came out here in 1975. A job that I had at the time brought me here. I had been the press secretary for a labor union. And uh, in 1979, I started my own business, Wet Apple Media. I also started a photography studio at the time. It was called Imagecraft. did a lot mm-hmm. of uh, real estate pictures and things like that. And it evolved into the publishing business of publishing homes for sale magazines. At one time, we were the largest independent, non-affiliated real estate publisher in the state of Washington. Uh, from there, I affiliated with the Homes and Land magazine franchise. I met my wife there. She uh, represented all of the publishers on the uh, uh, franchise advisory committee. I couldn't remember what it was called there for a minute. Uh, and I represented. She represented everybody. Washing or. Er, in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, I think. And I represented everybody in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, and Alaska. And wow. anyway, uh, you know, we, we met, got married, she moved out here. We published Homes and Land until about 2000, and we sold it. We saw the Internet coming and decided this was a good time to be getting out of that business. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I had also started the Kitsap Peninsula Business Journal. And we were a passionate advocate for the business community and and business issues in Kitsap County and here on the peninsula. Uh, And we've run that until just last month, or April actually. uh, And we sold it to the E.W. Scripps Company, who made us an unsolicited offer to buy it. So, Congratulations. In the meantime, yeah, uh in the meantime I've been a blogger, uh blogging about political issues. I've been the mayor of Port Orchard. I've served on the Kitsap County Planning Commission. I've served on the joint Kitsap County City of Port Orchard Urban Growth Boundary Expansion Committee. In fact, I was the chair of that committee. And been and been in a bunch of other things. Uh, I was president of Port Orchard Rotary at one point and served on the board of the Boys and Girls Club, and I've just, last couple of years I've been umpiring Little League Baseball at South Kitsap Eastern Little League, in, in addition to everything else.
0: That's awesome. We
1: also, yeah, we also publish the uh, West Sound Home and Garden Magazine, and build Kitsap, remodel Kitsap Magazine. So, there you have it in a nutshell. Uh, you know, I did take some time out to go to Dana College in Blair, Nebraska, but, college it no longer exists. Wow. So, well, that's, and that's my story.
0: <laughs> and you're sticking to it, right? <laughs> so,
1: yeah, that's, it. You all,
0: that's it. You also author the uh, West Sound Politics blog, and so you've written a couple of times about the sitting county prosecutor, Russ Hauge, and what you believe is his personal vendetta against Marcus Carter and the Kitsap Rifle and Revolver Club, or, you know, KRRC is what we call it. Now, according to your blog... This has gone on for over 15 years and to the tune of nearly half a million of our tax dollars, and they've consistently lost to Carter, who's acting as his own attorney on four different occasions. Um, So you think they're trying to shut down the club, and I'm not really sure if I should thank you yet for forcing me to have to read some of the comments under the Kids Have Fun articles and blogs about this over time, but, you know, suffice to say that there are people that land on one side or the other of this issue, with most of them seeming to side with you and the idea that they're actually trying to go after him unfairly. But, you know, tell us some more
1: about this. Well, I personally do believe it, it is a vendetta. At, at some point, and uh, how it started was The prosecutor accused Mr. Carter of modifying some kind of rifle to become an automatic weapon. And when it was all said and done, it was proven that that was not true. Uh, That's that's what started this 15 years ago. Mr. Hauge is still yet to return the weapon to Mr. Carter, even though he's been told he has to. Uh, but anyway, they, they've been back and forth to court over this issue four times now. And the county and the county prosecutor have lost in court every single time. Uh, Mr. Carter has not had an attorney. He has acted as his own attorney, which I think speaks either to the fact that Mr. Carter is uh, a gifted <laughs> <laughs> uh Non-attorney or uh, Mr. Howghee doesn't have much of a case. One or the other. Well, that's but certainly the way you look at it. And you're sure. But it it appears that uh, in the last go-round they had here a couple of months ago, that uh, Judge Stephen Holman told Mr. Howghee to stop wasting the court's time. You know, in hmm. so many words. So what they've done is, since they can't seem to win this case in court. They went after the Kitsap Rifle and Revolver Club using land use rules and the County Department of Community Development. And the latest issue or latest episode in this saga involves a driveway and the fact that the club put down some gravel in a, an, an access driveway that is rarely used and is gated and locked but just doing some routine maintenance. And the county has come after them with both feet and said that this requires a permit and they're in violation of some kind of laws and da-da-da-da-da. Well, you know, I went out there this morning, knowing that I was going to be on here today, to look at this, Mm -hmm. to, to physically look at what they're talking about. And when I left there, I was angry. I mean, we are talking about less than 300 square feet of gravel. And we're talking about an, an area that the county can't even say. They're saying that the county or that the club widened this road, and they're saying it's a road when it's actually a driveway. They're saying that the club widened this driveway without a permit. Well, you go out there and physically look at it. I don't see how they can make that claim. They don't know how wide it was to begin with, and they openly admitted that at the last hearing, examiner. Uh, session that they had, and they say, Well, we can't prove how wide it was to start with, but we know that they modified it, so they need a permit. Well, how do they know that
0: well they unless, have no so so assuming that they you know, let's just for the sake of argument, let's just assume that they do need a permit. What are they proposed to do um, to make it cost prohibitive so that they can't actually go through with this, and then that's another way of shutting them down what 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 are they trying to do here?
1: Well, I think their ultimate goal is to shut them down. Uh they they're doing several different things. They've taken several different paths here to try to shut them down. One with uh, how much uh, uh oversound, you know, how many decibels for at different times of day and things. But they can't find the club in violation of any county statutes on that, you know, on that score. Uh also, I like to clarify something before we go too much further. I do not belong to the Kitsap Rifle and Revolver Club. I am not a member of it. I never have been. I don't go out there and shoot. Just this is just something that has struck me as horrendously unjust, and I just want to be sure that your audience understands that going in here that they, I'm not. So there's no here, type uh,
0: of interest promoting. going right, right
1: exactly. Right, right. There's no self-serving interest here at all. No. let me ask me, you a question if you did know this. Wrong.
0: It, do you, I mean, I don't know if you have this information or not, or if anybody else out there has it, then call it in. But do you know um, what the basis for each one of those cases has been over time, what the claim was, what the cause of action was?
1: Are you talking about the four cases?
0: Right, yes.
1: Yeah, uh, they all center on the whether he modified this gun or not. And that's the it. county has not been able, yeah, that's it. The county has not been able to prove that he modified the gun. And they've been ordered to return the gun to him, and Mr. Hauge refuses to do that. He made the statement that that would be like uh, a drug dealer getting, uh, getting off on a technicality and giving him the drugs back. Well, that's, that's two totally different things. There's nothing illegal about the gun where there is things you know where certain drugs are illegal. So that doesn't even make sense
0: it would but seem to me that it's all that's around this true, drug,
1: it's all around it's all around this gun issue
0: right and and if that is true and if you, if they've lost the case on four different occasions and they've been ordered to return the gun and they haven't done so then it would seem to me that they would have a cause of action against the county at this point to compel them to do that
1: well i would think so i mm. would think so and what they've done there i don't know
0: I've read some articles out there very peripherally. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know the, the details about this issue as much as you or some others might, but um, there was once something out there about trying to do something with the facility because they had altered the land in some way or the shooting range to the degree where it was becoming a hazard to the homes that were around it. Is that something that sounds familiar to you? Or
1: Yeah, I, I've heard that, and I asked Mr. Carter about that. They actively use eight acres of 70 acres that the club sits on. So, you know, even if they shot way over the berms, which are way high up in the air, if they, you know, just shot as far as they could shoot, the bullets wouldn't leave their property because there's so much of it. They're just using a real small part, you know, 10% of it basically for for the shooting range. And that includes the parking lot.
0: And so you noted in your blog also that you're preparing a public records request to see if it's true that that an ordinance under consideration that would all but shut down the club's operation is being driven by Hauge's office instead of the commissioners or or not the commissioners. So what's the status of that uh, public records request? Have you gotten anything yet? Uh,
1: I'm, I'm waiting for a response from the county. When I filed the public records request, or the business journal did, for the amount of money that the prosecutor's office had spent, trying to, uh, try, uh, over-the-gun issue, you know, before they got into the land use issue. Uh, it took almost six months to get everything. You know, they have to respond in five days and say, yes, we've received your request. Right. But then they have as long as it takes to to comply with it, to gather the information. And in, in that particular case, it was six months. So you know, so, I don't know how long this is going to take.
0: Okay. But, um, and then once you get know, information a, back,
1: right? I do have a source inside of DCD that has told me that there are emails and there are there is other written documentation that will show that the prosecutor's office is the one driving the land use issue, not the commissioners.
0: And what do you think should happen if that turns out to be the case? It's a tough one, isn't it, yes?
1: Yeah, it is. I I believe that the club has a huge uh, lawsuit against the county, if if that turns out to be the case. I mean, this has just been 15 years. That's how long this thing's gone on. And it's been 15 years of... You know, the club defending itself cost the club about a half a million dollars over that period of time. It's also cost us, the taxpayers of Kitsap County, that much or more, and that's part of what I want to find out in the public records request, is how much this has cost us. The gun issue itself was, I believe, $388,000, if memory serves me correctly, from the, the time the first... Action was filed until the last action. Well, the third action, not the fourth court action, but through the third one, uh, it was three hundred
0: and eighty-eight thousand. You bring up a good point there. I mean, is there? You, you would think that if this is something that is so egregious that you would have some sort of group, or some sort of outcry, or some formulated or concerted effort, or petition, or group, or someone that's pounding on this, saying, enough, enough. I mean, is there something out there that exists that we can go to or that people can join if they want to be a part of something large that's pushing back against this?
1: I I would say join the club. Uh, join the the rifle club because they're the ones that are defending this. Uh, there is a an anti-gun club group out there called Kitsap Sane and Quiet, I think it is, which mm-hmm. is actually not a 501c3, but a for-profit LLC, which I think is... Interesting in itself mm-hmm. uh, i'm not I'm not real sure why that is, but uh, <laughs> you know and and they're saying that the noise is a problem well to me uh, this is a case of you know if you buy a house out by the airport, don't complain about the noise. It's the same thing uh, the club's been there since the nineteen sixties when there was nothing else out there and you know, people have moved in around it knowing it's there. Don't complain about the noise if if you know that it's there when you buy.
0: And I'm just really surprised that if there are so many people, I and mean, you know, we have a very vocal community here, obviously, and whenever something goes wrong or even frankly, when nothing's going wrong and people think that something is going wrong, there's a very vocal, sometimes a vocal minority that, you know, it doesn't take them any time at all to to form some type of a coalition or some type of an action to get, you know, a tree pulled or, you know, something like that. So it would seem that if this is a massive waste of taxpayer money and it is a legitimate um, gripe against what's happening from Haughey's office um, and against the county, you would think that there would be some type of a group that was out there to hold them accountable and to, to protest or do something. And it just seems like, I mean, your blog is definitely a magnet for for commentary when you bring that up. But I, I haven't personally seen anything that was um, formal that was going after this
1: this series of cases. Well, to tell the truth, I haven't either. And I, I am as surprised as you are because, like you said, this is a, a pretty activist place. But uh, – yeah, you know, supporting gun rights isn't necessarily popular. I mean, look at all the anti-gun <laughs> sentiment that we have everywhere. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, no, so is there I any chance? Go ahead, no,
0: go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say ahead. I
1: I don't know if uh, if that's part of it or or what, but uh, it just kind of strikes me as odd as well.
0: Well, it's certainly very uh, challenging, let's say, to have a very rational and informed conversation on the issue anywhere, much less here. I mean, you can look on the Internet everywhere. And the moment something even sounds like it's about guns, you know, you get the extreme factions that come out thinking that if they just kill it all with a sledgehammer with their extreme positions, that it will just go away. And it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you really have to look at you know, what are the issues that are really impacting some of the decisions that are being made about guns and some of the things that are happening in different jurisdictions as a result of guns, and it's just not that cut and dried. My question to you is, is there any chance, at least on some level, that some of the claims that have uh, come up against the club have any validity whatsoever? Because obviously it begs the question, I mean, why would any type of a court system really allow nonstop frivolous cases against a business like this?
1: Well, I guess when they're filed by... The government—it's a different story than if you or I tried to file them.
0: Uh, so you're, 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 they're assuming that they must be valid if they're coming against the the county.
1: Well, have you ever heard of anyone telling the government their case was frivolous <laughs> at any level?
0: On some levels, absolutely—they have to be pushed back by the uh, the electorate. I mean, there's no way you can—they can run rampant otherwise. They they have carte blanche power and. We all don't want that because they, they they work for us. I mean, let's let's cut to the
1: chase. I mean, they work for the, the people. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and this is one of those issues where no matter how you feel about guns, whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, ambivalent about guns, this is more a matter of just massive waste of our tax dollars. And this is it's just become a personal vendetta that we... The taxpayers are financing, and that's what I find objectionable about it. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a gun nut. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I don't belong to the club. I'm not not really a shooter. Uh, this is just wrong from a, a taxpayer citizen standpoint. You know, and I, I years and four times in court. Right. Enough is enough.
0: Right. And, and the other thing I, th- I guess is that. I don't know what his costs are, but the fact that he's representing himself, I mean, presumably it's less expensive than going out and hiring an attorney. But, you know, time is money, too. And at some point, I mean, you you would think that there would be some kind of a countersuit to try to retrieve some of his lost money or time or, or what have you, um, you know, and if he can I make a case they, for this
1: being... I think what they may be doing is waiting for this thing to completely settle before doing that. Because I think... Damages would be easier to prove on a massive scale once this whole thing had, sh- had shaken itself out. But I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. I'm just surmising that that might be their strategy. Right, right. And then, of
0: course, there is the election issue, which we can talk a little bit about that. I, you, you've uh, mentioned in the past, in the recent past, actually, um, some of your thoughts about the candidates that are that are running for the um, county prosecutor position. Do you want to tell us about, you know, you had kind of a, in one of your blogs, you went through some of the candidates and talked about their right. strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I'd be interested in you sharing that with our public.
1: Sure. Um, well, in the last election, Bruce Danielson, who ran as an independent, and who is fairly well-known to be conservative, um, got 47% of the vote against the county prosecutor, Russ Hauge. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that that was because 47% of the people supported Bruce Danielson. I think a lot of that vote was against Russ Hauge, not necessarily for Bruce Danielson. Hmm. So with that in mind, uh, now we have four people running. We have Mr. Hauge. We have Danielson again. We have a a public defender named Tina Robinson, who is a Republican candidate. Hauge is a Democrat. Danielson is an Independent. And then we have Bob Scales, who is also a Democrat, who uh, at one time was the mayor of of Bainbridge Island and served on the Bainbridge Island City Council and is a Bainbridge Mm -hmm. resident. He works for the city of Seattle uh, it's either the city of Seattle or King County. I forget which one, but he works for one or the other and he uh He has more courtroom experience, than all the rest of them combined uh, you know actual in court experience. you know my next witness is um, he's he's been the go to guy for I guess it's the city of Seattle that he works for, because now I'm thinking about this. Uh, he was the go-to guy for Mayor McGinn uh, for a number of different things, and he moved around within the city to several departments. Uh, he was kind of like a troubleshooter. He, they'd bring him in there to solve whatever the issue was and move him on to the next problem. So <laughs> he's, he's pretty qualified, uh, I think he is a liberal democrat. I I don't know that for certain, but I suspect possibly. Uh but in my view, looking at the other at all the four candidates, he's probably the most qualified from a legal standpoint. You know, he has the most experience and his experience is in a wide variety of areas. Uh He's experienced in criminal law, he's experienced in civil law, he's experienced in land use. You know, land use is a blood sport on Bainbridge Island anyway. So you know, being, <laughs> being an attorney and being on Bainbridge Island City Council, you know, he's, uh, he's got a fair amount of experience there. Uh, so, you know, he just strikes me as the most qualified. Tina Robinson, who is the Republican candidate has was actually a business manager with group health before she became an attorney she's only been an attorney i think about seven years
0: mm-hmm. and
1: openly admits that she has no civil experience
0: interesting uh,
1: and, yeah in fact, I was part of a uh uh an endorsement panel, and we asked her specifically about that because land use was a a concern, and land use is civil. And she said, well, I don't have any experience, but we have many qualified uh, civil attorneys in the prosecutor's office, and I would look to them or defer to them for um, you know, their guidance. Well, that's kind of like letting the inmates run the asylum, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it is. Uh, also, in the last election, Mr. Danielson drew a lot of republican support because they didn't have a candidate in that election. So this time around, I don't think he'll get anywhere near 47% of the vote because the Republicans have a candidate, certain part of the that party, you know, the the moderate wing of it I would say, will support Tina Robinson whether good bad or otherwise because she you know, she might be our inex- she might be an, an inexperienced candidate, but she's our inexperienced candidate. Uh, so I believe that the more conservative people will support Danielson, and it's going to come down to Democrats and who who's going to vote for Howey and who's going to vote for Bob Scale.
0: Now you mentioned that um, Danielson was very conservative. Isn't he running as an independent?
1: Yes, he is. Hmm. Yes, he is. That's interesting. His wife actually ran for county commissioner two years ago as an independent as well.
0: So are they independents or are they Republicans?
1: Mm, You'd have to ask them.
0: Exactly. So in your in your uh, opinion, it's, it's, you know, one of the obviously the possible solutions to the, you know, KRC problem is to just, you know, vote Hauge out and get someone else in there who'll be more reasonable and who'll stop the, the you know, the bleeding, so to speak. Pretty much.
1: I I have asked all of the candidates how they feel about this issue and except for Russ Hauge, they've all said this is absurd. Really? You know, th- yeah, that it's time for it to come to a halt that we need to stop wasting resources on a case we're never going to win.
0: And who's, I mean, have you talked to Russ? I mean, has anybody t- one talked to Russ? And what's his response when he's approached about um, the issue?
1: Oh, he's convinced he's doing the right thing. Okay. He, uh, he, he, he Because of what I've written about this, he won't talk to me. He doesn't return my phone calls because I've tried to talk to him about it, and he doesn't want to talk to me.
0: Well, it's it's technically an ongoing issue, so I would imagine he wouldn't want to comment on a case that's ongoing or pending. But, I mean, I would think that as a public official... uh you know that has to answer to the people. There has to be some type of information out there that helps us to understand what's going on and why it's why it's happening. And it has to be beyond the purview or beyond what we're getting from media because they only have a certain uh, time. They only have certain time and space considerations in which to report that. So it's certainly an opportunity for somebody to do some type of a longer expose so that we have a better idea of what's going on there.
1: Well, I'd like to see it. I'm, I'm going to be real interested to see what happens with the public records request from DCD. So, you
0: know, We're going to follow I don't know up how long it's going to, to take,
1: but but it's, uh, well, I'll let you know when I finally receive it. But yeah, maybe we'll do a follow-up show on what's going see. on with
0: that or fold it in with some other people that can come in and comment about it and give their their thoughts, and then just kind of wrap it up, and, and you know, maybe see if anybody's interested in hearing what's going on with that as it progresses.
1: Well, you know, I spent some time with Mr. Carter uh, talking to him about how the club has tried to tried to be a good neighbor and has offered to uh, give up like a thousand operational hours a year
0: mm-hmm. there uh,
1: to not allow certain weapons. Their insurance company offered the county a half a million dollars to just settle this, and the county said no. Um, hmm. you, you might want to do a show with Mr. Carter. I think it might be very informative.
0: Well, it's certainly something that uh, sounds interesting to us. I think we'll we'll look at that. It looks like I'm getting the cue here, so we're out of time. Uh, thanks right. for joining us, Larry. Thank you very much. My and uh Thanks. Uh, absolutely. I uh, will have you back, and thanks to everyone else for tuning in. This live broadcast can now be found as a podcast on our Straight Talk Radio site at bit.ly backslash Straight Talk Radio or join us on Facebook, Straight Talk Radio, and straight is spelled S-T-R in the number 8 for information about more upcoming shows and happening. Again, this is your host, Tonya Keating, signing off at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, July 10th, for Freight Talk Radio. Have a great evening, Seattle, and we'll see you next time.